Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is the Canty and Carlin podcast. Five hours ago. Kyrie Irving took to Twitter, quote, to my peers, just be yourself and grow. Keep people around you who celebrate you unconditionally and appreciates all of the hard work that gets put in. Distance yourself from the folks who manipulate, hate and hurt. Ladies and gentlemen, he is at it again. Who could have seen this coming? (laughs) Kyrie Irving has requested a trade away from the Brooklyn Nets ahead of Thursday's NBA trade deadline, 4 p.m. Eastern time on February 9th. This is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Courtney Cronin, Randy Scott sitting in for the guys on this Friday afternoon, as always, presented by Progressive Insurance. So I bring it back full circle. Who else did not see this coming? He had been too quiet as of late. He had been balling as of late, Randy. And now Kyrie Irving says because of a contract situation that did not get worked out this offseason with the Brooklyn Nets, he wants four years, $200 million. They're saying not so fast. We want some assurances. Now he's saying trade me or I'm walking in the offseason. It, it was too good. Like you said, it was too quiet, too peaceful. Things were trending in a positive direction for a Brooklyn Nets team that's a four seed right now in the Eastern Conference, and that's with Kevin Durant on the shelf with his injury. Um, it, it's re- reminiscent of that Don't Look Up movie uh, with Leonardo DiCaprio, where he's like, "We really did have it all, didn't we?" You know, toward the end in that sad, that sad dinner scene. Like the, the the Nets were moving in the right direction, and it just, you know, it's like Ricky Bobby. I'm going to make another movie parallel. I'm sorry, but Ricky Bobby's dad. In Talladega Nights, he's like, yeah, I just got too itchy. Things get too peaceful at the Applebee's, and his dad just takes off. I mean, that's this is Kyrie Irving. He wants out, pulling the ripcord. I'm done. He wants to go. I don't. Know, I don't even know if it's about chasing a ring. I think if Kyrie could could move himself somewhere, it would be to the Lakers. It would be to play with LeBron again. But let's let's remember, it wasn't all that long ago, time wise. You know, in NBA years, it probably feels like aging like a president. But it wasn't that long ago where he felt like he couldn't coexist. And be the uh, be the be the Robin to LeBron's Batman in Cleveland. So he forces his way out, gets to Boston, wants to be the guy, tells the crowd, "Hey, I'll I'll stay as long as you'll have me. I'm looking forward to building something in Boston." Pulls the ripcord, forces his removal, flicks the fans off when he comes back, and they get loud. You know, it's just it's he's he maybe is just a, a true you know wandering spirit. There are people I, I have guys in my life, friends in my life who are like this. You know, like hey, I'm gonna. I'm moving to Thailand, man. I'm going to be in Thailand. I can digitally commute. I'm going to be in Thailand for a couple of years. I just need out of this singing, your you know? friend Cliff Kingsbury? It's not Cliff Kingsbury. But, you know, it's, you know, these finance bros who are like, I can do this anywhere. You know, they're Peter Pan's never going to grow up, never going to get married, never going to have kids. And they just don't settle anywhere, period. And maybe Kyrie's that guy. But when the team, when the, when the game is still a team game, when, when NBA basketball is still contingent upon five guys playing and pulling in the same direction when they're on the court and an entire franchise pulling in the same direction when they're off the court and you've got one of your most talented players, and this is not denying his talent, but you've got one of his most talented players who's just insistent on doing his own thing, 
It's just not going to work. Irving, right now, in the final year of his deal, he's getting paid $36.9 million. He's been looking for that four-year, $198 million max extension, which is available to him at least right now through June 30th. So if he gets traded, and there's going to be a short list of teams that want him, whether it's the Dallas Mavericks, the Phoenix Suns, maybe the Los Angeles Lakers, Those teams are going to be eligible to sign him to a two-year $78.6 million extension, and that would go up until June 30th, and that's Adrian Wojnarowski's reporting here. But we've been down this path with Kyrie Irving before. Last offseason, he opts into his $36.5 million player option. Days later, Kevin Durant requests a trade. Eventually, Durant rescinds that trade request, and everything feels like it's on shaky ground because it is. And then beyond that point, Kyrie Irving, in some of the stuff that happened off the court, kept him off the court for a number of games this year. And now that he's come back, you've got a Nets team that is vying for a title. You mentioned it, Randy. They're the four seed right now in the Eastern Conference. They're four and seven, hanging on without Kevin Durant, who's still dealing with that knee injury. But in that stretch, Kyrie Irving's averaging about 30 points per game. So to blow it all up now, we have to ask ourselves, why now and where would he want to go? Maybe there was a hint that Kyrie Irving dropped earlier this week when the Nets played the Los Angeles Lakers. LeBron James not playing in that game because it was on the front end of a back-to-back. He wanted to play at Madison Square Garden against the New York Knicks, and he did that. But Kyrie Irving on Monday night talked about his former teammate. And he said, quote, we gave the keys of the whole entire business to an 18-year-old kid, and now he's 38 years old, and he's still dominating. I don't think we should be surprised. I'm enjoying the show, and I wish we could have gotten a chance to play against one another, but who knows when that can happen down the line, end quote. So does this mean the Los Angeles Lakers might actually get in on the Kyrie Irving sweepstakes to make that happen where opponents become teammates? ESPN NBA insider Brian Windhorse was on Fitz and Harry this afternoon talking about whether the Lakers are a fit for Kyrie. Only if the Lakers could get him for next to nothing. You can't offer, you can't put those draft picks into a a Kyrie. I'm going to say this. I don't know where the Lakers are on this because it just happened, but the position that the Lakers have had in the past is they can't, put these picks, these are the last things that they have. You can't put them into a player that you can't know is going to be a part of your team long-term. And I just don't think any team in this league can offer Kyrie Irving the kind of extension that the, the you know that he is looking for at this point in time. The assurance that the Lakers would have to have to know that Kyrie Irving would be available – and available on a consistent basis, Randy, I think is the holdup right now with the Brooklyn Nets. And the reason that last offseason, he didn't get that super max, or the, excuse me, the maximum deal that he wanted, the four years north of 200. He, oh man. Um, when you look at where he might be happy, as the Dallas Mavericks report from Adrian Wojnarowski has come out today, and you think about the Lakers. From a Nets perspective, you're excited. I think that you could have two potential suitors. You want a bidding war? But from a Lakers perspective, how happy is he going to be? How happy is he going to be potentially some nights being the third option if Anthony Davis is healthy? From 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 a Mavericks perspective, you've got this young generational talent. Are you going to poison that well? Are you going to are you risking that or do you think with Jason Kidd, now we believe in our culture, we believe in our system. 
Jason Kidd can telepathically do this point guard communication, you know, with Kyrie and the game will recognize game here. I, I, I truly don't know, but it, it would make me so nervous as a potential landing spot for Kyrie to bring him in. Yeah, and the draft capital that it's going to take because, like Brian Windhorse had said, the amount of draft picks that would have to be in a trade for Kyrie Irving for what the Nets would receive might be more than the Lakers are willing to part ways with. Let's not forget the trade for Russell Westbrook and all of the other moves that were pulled off that kind of wasted in essence, draft capital for this team. I don't think that he ends up with the Lakers unless the Nets are receiving Russell Westbrook because you got to dump that contract. A 2027 first-rounder, maybe even a 2029 first-rounder, they're going to have to throw in potentially additional picks. I know this is what everybody wants to see, Randy. LeBron James, Kyrie Irving, part two. Get it right this time. And get it right meaning from the Kyrie Irving standpoint, because he's talked about being 26 years old at that time of his career when he was with the Cleveland Cavaliers. Those two win a title together. And then he ends up bouncing and going to Boston. And the grass was not always greener, even though he was wearing green. It wasn't greener. And so would part two, would this time around be better? I'm not so certain about that. I think that he has matured, at least from a basketball sense, of knowing what it means to play with a player that distributes the ball as well as LeBron James does. But can it make sense from a business standpoint? That's where we'll turn into. That's where we will turn to here with Bobby Marks, ESPN NBA front office insider. Bobby, let's start there because the Lakers, of course, are the name. That comes up first when we think about Kyrie Irving's comments earlier this week about LeBron James. They could be benign. They could mean everything. How would the Lakers pull this off if they wanted it to happen? Well, I mean, I think it's a matter of how much draft capital are you willing to give up. Uh, I mean, we know they've got that Russell Westbrook contract, which is at $47 million. But the hard part for Brooklyn is that Irving's making 37 and they're in the luxury tax. So, you know, are you willing to pay another $40, $50 million? to get off his contract, to take Westbrook back if you can, if you get a first-round pick. But, I mean, remember what Rob Polinka said. You know, they're, they're only going to move those two two picks in 27 and 29 if it gets them closer to a championship. And I think the big question is, does Kyrie Irving get them to, uh, get them to a championship? And um, you would basically almost have him as a rental. Hopefully you can work out a, a new contract uh, in the offseason because – if you don't do a deal, the likelihood is that you're not going to be able to sign him outright um, because you don't have the cap space uh, to do it because of the Rui Hachimura trade. So I think it's just a matter of how much the Lakers are willing, you know, willing to give up. Are they willing to give up those, you know, those two first-round picks? When you look at this bidding, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to put you in that room again, Bobby, sure. put you in an NBA front office again. If you're back with the Nets and you're saying, okay, we know the Lakers are probably interested, and now there's this report from Woj about the Mavs, and maybe some conversations are already taking place, how much of a relief is that when you're on the Nets side of things to know, okay, it's not just one potential landing spot. We have two interested parties. Maybe we can play them off each other. Yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, I went through it in, in 2011 with, um, when I was in New Jersey with Carmelo Anthony, when he was in Denver, and you know they pitted us in the Knicks against each other, a little bit of a, a different situation. Yeah, I mean I, you would, you always want a kind of an, an insurance policy here, but you're looking at this Dallas roster, and you know certainly not Luka, and it's probably not Spencer Dinwiddie. You know, does Tim Hardaway Jr. or Christian Wood and a draft pick do anything for you as far as? Taking back, are you comfortable even taking back money? That's the big thing too, because mm. we don't know what's going to happen with Kevin Durant 
down the road here. I mean, that's the, that's the, you know, the X factor to, to everything here. So, I mean, there's so many dominoes in, in play. And I, the, the, I think people have to realize that if Kyrie Irving walks for nothing, it's not like all of a sudden Brooklyn has a $40 million slot to go out and sign him, uh, sign a free agent. They've got Ben Simmons. They've got uh, Kevin Durant. They've got Joe Harris on, on the books for next year. They're over the salary cap here. So, you're, you're, you're faced with, do we take back expiring contracts and, and, um, and draft picks? Do we take back um, contracts that extend past next year? That would probably be more the, the Dallas option here. So it's a little bit more of a balance, balancing act. You probably have more options now than you had back in June when you know, we went through this already with Irving closer to the draft. Along with Randy Scott, I'm Courtney Cronin. You're listening to Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. We're talking with Bobby Marks, ESPN NBA front office insider, regarding Kyrie Irving's trade request, which came down the pipeline via Adrian Wojnarowski earlier today. And I want—I need help understanding something here because it feels like, with, you know, I can understand the Nets did not want to give him that max deal without assurances that he would be playing a certain amount of games, that he would, you know not be a distraction on and off the court, allowing him to play all of those games. But it feels like sign him now or he threatens to walk in the off season. So is there any way that you could see this is just posturing for him to get a new deal because he actually wants to stay in Brooklyn? I think he wants to stay in Brooklyn on his terms, right? So what does his terms means? It's basically, a, you know, a standard three or four year contract that's going to pay him max money guaranteed no matter what here. And I think from Brooklyn's perspective, you're looking at it, well, there's two ways we can look at it. One, let's play out the season, right? You've been on your best behavior since December. We're, we're winning. We're, we're staying afloat with Kevin Durant out. Um, let's, let's talk about a contract in the offseason here. Or are there stipulations as far as, you know, whether it be guaranteed money or games played money that we're willing to do that we're comfortable right now here? And we're still a long way away to – to, to July, and um, that's why I think we're kind of a little bit caught off guard, you know, on a, on a Friday afternoon because a week ago, you know, he, he was playing some high-level basketball against New York in, a, in that Saturday night game here, and now we're faced with a player now that, you know, asking to be traded, and Brooklyn doesn't have to do anything past February 9th. It's not like the, the extension goes out the window. There's still another, you know, four months to maybe make, you know, see if something works. Okay, so, like, on that note, does that mean – like they wouldn't have to necessarily execute something in the next six days, right? It's not just trade him or it's completely over. Yeah, I don't think so. I mean, I think, I mean, you look at the market too, this off season. I mean, there's six or seven teams that have room and there are a lot of them are rebuilding. Is a team like Orlando or Houston willing to go out and spend significant money long-term? I, I don't know. We, we don't know that yet. Um, but no, I mean, there's plenty of ways, you know, hey, either maybe there's something, you know, there's an extension out there. Maybe we get into free agency. There's a signing trade. But I just think if, you know, if there's not a deal to the Nets likely, I mean, of course, if like if he is going to be a major disruption and he is going to sit out and hold out here, then I think that's one thing. But I, I think you're not forced to move him by, you know, by three o'clock on, on Thursday. Talking with Bobby Marks, our ESPN NBA front office insider. So from the Kyrie part of this to the KD 
part of this. And I just refuse yeah. to believe that Kevin Durant was as blindsided, perhaps, as so many of us were, so many NBA fans were about this because they have a tight relationship. You know, it's um, continued through some of the, uh, you know, um, uh, suspension earlier this season by the team and by by the NBA for what Kyrie did in sharing the anti-Semitic video link in his social media. Uh, it's continued through Kyrie's, you know, vaccination status last season where he played 29 games. Uh, like these guys, their relationship is going to endure and it's going to move on. Kevin Durant, though, was the first one to request the trade and the Nets didn't blink. What happens now if you had to forecast it with Kevin Durant in light of this news from Kyrie? Yeah, and I thought that was probably going to be a question we asked in July if Irving didn't if Irving didn't resign here. And now <laughs> Kevin Durant is looking at a roster of Ben Simmons and Joe Harris and Royce O'Neal um, and basically role players here. Um, and now we're probably looking at it right now because, let's face it, if Irving isn't back here, this is not a championship team. This is not a... I don't even know if we can make the argument if it's a playing team. I mean, of course, Durant has to be healthy here. So I think if you're Durant, you look at it, what happens on Thursday, you play out the year, and then we basically reassess as far as where this Nets roster is, is going to be. And we maybe we're, you know, we're back to Kevin Durant part two. Um, I mean, it's going to be deja vu. I mean, it might be deja vu next, uh, this upcoming offseason like we saw in, uh, in, in July with a player that has three years left on his contract. Bobby, before we let you go here, I wanted to circle back on the idea of LeBron and Kyrie Irving teaming up together again, because I know enough time has passed where maybe it's water under the bridge. LeBron has come out in support of Kyrie at different ventures over the last couple of years, because, of course, anytime something happens, he's going to get asked about it. Can that work? Can that marriage like forget like everything of like finances and trades and anything that would make that happen? Can that work? Because in theory, that's the best big three in the NBA. But we know that in theory and on paper means nothing when you have a hard time, if you're Anthony Davis, staying on the floor consistently. And same thing with Kyrie Irving. Like, can you find a way to make that make sense and make that worth the Lakers' while? Yeah, I, I, I do, Courtney. I think you can make it work because I think what Rob Polinka has shown this year is that you can find kind of role players that fit, whether it be Dennis Schroeder or Troy Brown or the Rui Hachimura trade. Um, you know, Thomas Bryant, players like that, where you have, you know, three guys making $100 million here. And I think for you would think for Kyrie's sake that there's going to be sacrifice. Um, we would hope, you know, for the betterment that this is the goal is to win a championship. I just don't know if time is running out for this season here, where this Lakers team, and it, this might we might this might be, a, a, you know, a conversation for this roster in 2023-24, because as you guys look at that standings, there's a lot of ground to be made up. And, the big question is, you know, could they do that if they make an Irving trade, you know, by Thursday? Nets are off today. Many covering the team and many in the NBA world were expecting it to be a quiet day around the Brooklyn organization. Kyrie Irving saying not so fast with his <laughs> trade request. We'll see if it gets granted here six days away from the NBA's February 9th trade deadline. He is Bobby Marks, ESPN NBA front office insider, joining us here on Canty and Carlin. Bobby, thanks so much for the insight and the time. Yeah, appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks, Bobby. Kenny and Carlin is presented by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who switch and save with Progressive save nearly $700 on average. Coming up next, we'll switch gears and talk about Super Bowl 57 just nine days away. Which quarterback has the most to gain? Courtney Cronin, Randy Scott sitting in for the guys here on Kenny and Carlin.
This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. Courtney Cronin, Randy Scott with you on this Friday evening presented by Progressive Insurance. Some news out of the NFL. It is official. The Broncos have announced the signing of Sean Payton to be the team's new head coach today. Payton is on contract for five years which ties him to Denver through the 2027 season, according to ESPN's Adam Schefter. You'll remember that the Denver Broncos sent a haul down to the New Orleans Saints in exchange for Sean Payton, who, after a very lengthy search for the Denver Broncos, becomes their next head coach, replacing Nathaniel Hackett. Now, looking ahead to the Super Bowl, nine days away from Mahomes versus Jalen Hurts, and Randy This matchup of two teams that we've talked about, the slights that have been lobbied against the Philadelphia Eagles, it's certainly the case for the Kansas City Chiefs. Everybody thinking that Patrick Mahomes could not do this to get to this stage of the game without Tyreek Hill. He's certainly proven everyone wrong. But I'm really excited about this just in terms of the quieting aspect that these two teams have done to the rest of the NFL. And what we're about to see with a third-year quarterback who has truly come into his own to become the franchise guy this year, going up against the player that's probably going to win the MVP in a week's time. I don't think you could ask for a better quarterback matchup considering the stakes here for both Patrick Mahomes and for Jalen Hurts. Yeah, it it feels like... Patrick Mahomes is on the verge of moving up in the elite quarterback pantheon. To win one is to take nothing away from the one and dones. You know, the flashes in the pan. Um, you think about the, you know, uh, Jeff Hostetler. You, you think about um, uh, Trent Dilfer. I mean, guys who will, you can never take that title away from them, but they never flirted with winning a second Super Bowl title, you know, winning a second Super Bowl ring. And here Patrick Mahomes is at this age, on this side of 30, to have played in five straight AFC Championship games, going to his third Super Bowl, and a chance to win his second, to move ahead of the Aaron Rodgers tier of, you know, prolific stats and just one ring. You know, like what the Russell Wilson tier, prolific stats, just one ring. He could move into a a super, like the VIP room off the VIP room (laughs) in NFL quarterback history, and he's right there to do it. 
This is going to be his most difficult chance, though, his most difficult test. And it's not necessarily because of the Philadelphia Eagles defense, but it's because of the lack of weapons. Jarek McKinnon is not in every down back. Isaiah Pacheco, not in every down back. He's throwing to Travis Kelsey. It helps when you have a Hall of Fame tight end. But beyond that, the receiving core, and we don't even know who's healthy. We don't, we don't know if Juju's going to be healthy. We don't know if Nicole Hardman's going to be healthy. They were dropping Marquez Valdez-Scantling. They were dropping like flies during the AFC Championship game. You know, two weeks gives you an opportunity to get right and get healthy, and there's something about the Super Bowl that's going to motivate guys to get out on the field for sure. But, you, I mean, look at those names again. Nicole Hardman, Juju Smith-Schuster, and Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Those are, those are number two options on probably 29 other NFL franchises. And... That's who he has to throw to with a title on the line and the legacy that we talked about very much in the balance. It's 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 wild from the Mahomes perspective. So we know that from an injury standpoint, practice on Thursday, the DNPs were McCole Hardman, he has a pelvis injury, Juju Smith-Schuster has a knee injury, and Kadarius Toney has an ankle and hamstring injury. Andy Reid sounded more optimistic regarding Kadarius Toney and Juju Smith-Schuster and their ability to play in Super Bowl 57 because they've got time on their side. It not only benefits the wide receivers who, again, just kind of speaks to how remarkable that performance was from Patrick. Patrick Mahomes in the AFC championship game. Not only is he injured with a high ankle sprain, his receivers all around him were dropping like flies. So I think that that could be something that leads to, you know, the benefit of time could be something that truly benefits the Kansas City Chiefs. But how about the experience aspect? Because remember, this is a team that went to the Super Bowl in 2020. They went to the Super Bowl during the 2019 season as well. They won that one over the San Francisco 49ers in that experience is what Patrick Mahomes thinks is what's going to help this team going forward. We're going to be able to go out there and do what we usually do throughout a week with added stuff that we have to do. And so uh, it's nice to have that experience before. I can teach other guys and help them along as well because um, even though we're, it's the same team, we have a lot of new players. And so I'm excited to get these guys down there to get that experience. And at the end of the day, you want to win the game. So I just want to make sure those guys keep that in mind. I went to the Super Bowl now four times in the last there are three times in the last four seasons, 2022, obviously this year, 2020, and 2019. The other side of this matchup features the Philadelphia Eagles, a team that went to the Super Bowl in 2000 during the 2017 season, and they won it courtesy of the Philly Special and all the other tricks that Frank Reich and Doug Peterson pulled out of their bag in coaching that offense and also one of the best defenses in the NFL. But now, all these years later, and I use all kind of loosely because of how quickly this team, Randy, has been able to get back to this stage, it's remarkable because Jalen Hurts in year three came on as the franchise quarterback. And not only did he do that, he came on in a way that led this team to the Super Bowl, but also for himself, a 14-1 and record as a starter. So why has the offense succeeded in Philadelphia? Here's Eagles quarterback Jalen Hurts. It's a credit to everyone where our, our offense is moving the way it's moving, but, you know, in that run game, you have interchangeable pieces back there. Everybody's kind of eating. And up front, um, they're always on the same head. We all just, we all do it together. We're all supportive of one another. You know, it's, it, it takes everyone. All right, so who benefits more here? I know this is kind of like a weird question because obviously winning a Super Bowl helps both teams and both teams can benefit equally. But from a quarterback perspective, 
don't want to say who needs it more. <laughs> but, like, who do you think? I mean, what is – let's start here. What has Jalen Hurts become this offseason in the short term and long term if he wins a Super Bowl this year? He becomes a very rich man. He becomes a very rich man. There's there's always going to be – if you're a Super Bowl champion, there's always – there's always income out there, right? You can you can sign autographs. You can go to to trade shows, and you, you can go to uh, you know uh, car dealership openings. You know you'll be invited to ring the bell at Sixers games. You know you're a, there are cities where winning the Super Bowl means more than others, and uh, and Philadelphia is certainly one of those things. Uh, I listened to the, to the to the Greenlight podcast with with Chris Long, uh, who you'll see on on ESPN platforms from from time to time, and, um, and you know he won a ring in New England and he won a ring in Philadelphia. And the Philly ring means more. It, it it so for Jalen Hurts to be the quarterback of the team that does it, and I know it's not you know the first one that would you know quench the drought like Nick Nick Foles did, but he'll be a legend. The whole never having to pay for a drink, never having to pay for a meal sort of thing would be very true for him. But he also would get so rich. He's still on his rookie deal that he signed in 2020. It's a four year deal. After this season, I believe Courtney, and you know the ins and outs of the contract minutia better than I do, but he'd be able to renegotiate, right? Yeah, and I mean, now at this point, he's eligible for an extension because he was drafted in 2020, so he would be eligible to become the highest-paid quarterback in the NFL, and I feel like Philly would be hard-pressed if he wins a Super Bowl to not make him that guy. He would have to Joe, Joe Burrow is going to be eligible for an extension this offseason. Justin Herbert's eligible for an extension this offseason. Yeah. Neither of those two are playing in the Super Bowl this week. So I, th- I, think, you'd be, I think you'd be very rich, but I also think you would move yourself – into a select group at the quarterback position, and it, it, you know, Patrick Mahomes was a top fifteen pick. Jalen Hurts wasn't even a first round pick. You know, there would be some validation here for a guy who got bounced from Alabama for Tua Tagovailoa. You know, had to try, had to grind and transfer and prove himself and win the quarterback job, and now fourteen regular season wins and the Super Bowl title. You add that to a big fat shiny contract. And listen, he'll have the title of you know highest paid quarterback, either an average annual value or guaranteed money or whatever it is. He'll have that for a couple weeks, right? Some you know Joe Burrow will somebody come else along. will top him. Yeah, you know, Lamar will come out. There'll always be that, but you once that contract signed, you can't take that money away. And especially for a guy who plays the position the way he does, we saw the shoulder injury this year. That peace of mind, I I I wish nothing but that for him. All right, so Jason Kelsey plays on the offensive line in Philadelphia. Travis Kelsey plays tight end in Kansas City. There's another Kelsey that could crash the Super Bowl party. We're going to tell you who that is and more in 3 and Out, coming up next here on Candy and Carlin, ESPN Radio. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com.
10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Canty and Carlin, the podcast. Three and out on Canty and Carlin brought to you by Geico. Whether you rent or own, Geico makes it easy to bundle home and car insurance. Go to geico.com today. Courtney Cronin, Randy Scott, keeping you company on this Friday evening, kicking three and out off with some reporting from ESPN's Pete Thamel. The effort for Oklahoma and Texas to leave the Big 12 a year early and join the SEC in 2024 has stalled. This point doesn't seem likely to happen. The schools would join the SEC in 2025, which was, Randy, the initial timeline for this. Yeah. Does it do anything? Does it maybe give Texas a chance to rethink its decision to go play Alabama every single year in conference play? I don't know. <laughs> it doesn't do anything, I, I think, for the overall deal. Uh, the deal's done. It's going to happen. I wonder if it means anything for rivalries. Like, does this extend Oklahoma? Does it extend Bedlam? You know, or uh, allow Oak State and Oklahoma to continue to hash it out one more year. That's what I'm going to miss in this is Texas, you know, not playing. um, Man, who do they have in the Big 12 anymore? I was going to say Texas A&M, but A&M's been in the SEC for a minute as well. But Texas and Oklahoma, that rivalry, I guess, will carry over. But what about... I mean, TCU would be a rivalry for them. It has been, yeah. Yeah. Teams went went to the national championship game. And that gets cut off. That gets cut off now at the knees. So um, I don't mind, you know, I don't don't mind that they're not sort of fast-tracking this. Um, I I would just hope now with the extra year on the original timeline, like you said, getting to 2025, that maybe it allows for one more year of, uh, of Bedlam. Some breaking news here. The NBA has suspended Dylan Brooks of the Memphis Grizzlies for one game without pay. Donovan Mitchell has been fined $20,000 for throwing a basketball at Dylan Brooks after he swiped him in the groin. Brooks swiping Donovan Mitchell after a layup attempt that went wrong during Thursday night's Cavs-Grizzlies games. The Cavs ended up winning that game 128-113. This is the fallout from that altercation that spilled out onto the floor. Playing three and out here on Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Kylie Kelsey, the wife of Philadelphia Eagles center Jason Kelsey, will be 38 weeks pregnant with her third child when her husband takes the field against the Chiefs in Super Bowl 57. She's going to be in attendance at the game with her parents, the couple's two young daughters, and a special guest. She's bringing her OBGYN to the game. So Jason Kelsey told his brother Travis Kelsey this on the latest episode of their New Heights podcast. Going overboard? Is this the right move? Because obviously you don't want to stay home. But, like, I thought about this. The stress that game is going to induce on that entire family member and induce that was not a pun. That's I didn't a good mean to one. use that word. Oh, no, take it but as like, a pun. I cannot imagine being her 38 weeks pregnant knowing that you have three kids like coming having the baby come early is a normal occurrence for pregnancies beyond the first one and even with the first one but specifically with your second third however many pregnancies you have 
I would be worried about going into labor in the suite that they're in, but I guess they're prepared for it if you have the OBGYN on hand. Always good to have a plan. Always good to have a birthing plan. Um, you know, is it selfish for Kylie Kelsey to bring the attention on herself like this? Yeah, it probably is. You know, uh, <laughs> allow your husband maybe. to play in the Super Bowl. Allow your brother-in-law to play in the Super Bowl. No, I think it's tremendous. I mean, God, it's insane commitment on her part to uh, be in there to support her family and support her husband. And uh, something that Jason probably uh, shouldn't take lightly and should absolutely celebrate appropriately. All right. So file this one under the WTF category. A 22-year-old high school assistant basketball coach who allegedly posed as a player to take part in a junior varsity game has been fired along with the rest of the coaching staff. This happened at Churchland High School last month after a member of the junior varsity girls basketball coaching staff left the bench and she went and played in a game against another school in Suffolk, Virginia, and... This whole thing happened. Like, So the school's assistant basketball coach, Arlisha Boykin, she wore a jersey posing as a junior varsity player. <laughs> the school would not confirm if she wore a jersey. This is reporting from CNN. <laughs> but they confirmed that players in JV are usually between the ages of 13 and 15 years old. <laughs> How did a 22-year-old, Randy Scott, pose as a 13 to 15-year-old girls basketball player and what the hell was she doing just like swatting shots out of there like nobody expected when we talk about the birth certificate argument like let me see that player's birth certificate yes how did no parent in that moment demand to see proper documentation yes of this she's coach that's now out of a job she's out there she's got her own kids in the stands watching her cheering her on you know, is she like, is she talking trash? Is she like, that's right, pointing to her ears and being like, mm, double ear piercings. I don't need mom's permission, Madison. Like, is she, or is she laying low? Is she just trying to do five hard fouls and some rebounds? You know, I picture her like Philip Seymour Hoffman in Along Came Polly, just rain dance, make it rain, just drawing all the attention to herself and going out in a blaze of glory. It's amazing. I, just, I don't understand. Like, was forfeiting the game the worst option here? <laughs> Coach. For Put losing your job? Put me in, coach. I got I got some eligibility left. I mean, goodness <laughs> gracious. There's something about being a habitual line stepper and oh. something about breaking the rules. Two people who don't break the rules are Joe and Amber, and they're coming your way next here on ESPN know. Radio. Joe does a little bit, a lot. Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.